Hello everyone and welcome to the inaugural episode of Film Etc, the only movie review podcast you need in life. My name is Mike Webb, I will be your host, and I wanted to test the waters on the podcasting world for in terms of movie reviews because I love to review movies because I love watching movies. And so for this week, I'll be reviewing the new releases, Army of the Dead, The Dry, Riders of Justice, and New Order. And then by the end of the show, I will rate these films based on a scale of 0 to 10 based upon my recommendation. So let's get started. I do want to give you guys a heads up. You may hear me uh, jumble my words up a bit. That's because I am autistic. I'm not fully functional with saying words in general, but I hope you all forgive me. So thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Army of the Dead is the latest film from Zack Snyder, who's perhaps best known for directing movies like 300, Watchmen, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, and Justice League, which recently came out with a four and a half hour director's cut, tentatively known throughout the internet as the Snyder Cut. But the first film he made was a remake of George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, but this film is not considered a sequel or a spinoff, but it's its own entity. It starts off with a zombie outbreak that has left the city of Las Vegas in ruins and walled off from the rest of the world. Dave Batista plays the character of Scott Ward, a local to Las Vegas and a former zombie war hero who's now who's now working at a burger joint. He's then approached by a Japanese casino owner, played by hero Yuki Sanada, with a job offer where he must go back to the zombie-infested Vegas with a ragtag team to retrieve $200 million sitting in a vault beneath the strip before a nuclear strike occurs. It's a heist movie with a big horde of zombies and better yet, a zombie tiger. The cast also includes Ella Purnell as Scott's estranged daughter, Kate, Ana de la Reguera, who many of you know her as Sister Encarnacion from Nacho Libre, Omari Hardwick, Raul Castillo, Nora Arznazetter, Thea Rossi, Matthias Schweighoffer, and a scene-stealing Tignataro. Originally, Chris Delia was cast, but due to several sexual misconduct accusations, he was replaced by Nataro, and they reshot his scenes using green screen and body doubles. Now, I will say this right off the bat. This movie is stupid, but I found this movie to be very entertaining. It's a fun movie. It's a very solid heist movie and zombie movie combined. A lot of people are comparing it to Escape from New York with zombies or Ocean's Eleven with zombies. I would say it's a bit of both worlds. This is probably Zack Snyder's best movie. I know a lot of his movies tend to be like oversaturated with like dark and gloomy colors. I mean... His Dawn of the Dead remake didn't cost a lot of money, but ever since he's been working on studio movies like big epic scale sets, like you could tell like the money that he puts involved. Like he's kind of like Michael Bay. Anyway, again, I believe this is Snyder's best movie. It's not too gloomy, but it it but it still has all those Zack Snyder trademarks like the close-ups and a little bit of slow motion, but they're all used for very good effect, I will say. Dave Batista can really lead a movie. I mean, I mean, this has a big ensemble cast. And speaking about uh, other characters, Tignataro just like chews up the scenery and just has this like fun energy to it. I will also mention another scene early on where they're assembling the team together. Uh, both Dave Batista and Ana de la Reguera, uh, they go up to uh, Tignataro like there's this like fence in between, and then. They asked him, it was like, hey, we have this job. And it was like, I'm in. I don't care. 
I'm, I assume you need a helicopter. And was like, yeah, count me in. I don't care how much you're offering. <laughs> like all that energy just like made me feel uh, happy that they replaced that one actor with Tignataro. There's a bunch of characters that have all these like very questionable intents. Like, can we really trust one another? Like there's this one uh, side character who's like this like right hand man to the casino owner and he has his like own motives. Anyway, those are like the things that I like about uh, Army of the Dead. Things I don't like, like the Snyder Cut, it's way too long. This movie is like two and a half hours long. I would have loved to like cut the movie down to like, I don't know, hour 40, hour 50. It does not need to be this long and... The pacing of it just like feels it's like all over the place, even though it has a nice tone. I just don't think it needs to be that long of a film. I mentioned this is a stupid movie, but there's very little character development. There isn't there's a few characters that are just thankless roles. They don't have a lot to do. Some of them are just here because they don't know what movie they're in. It also has this uh, father-daughter dynamic aspect to it. At times, it just felt clunky and forced. Plus, there's also this emotional weight that just feels stiff. They also want to like uh, have this like little uh, side uh, little subplot about these this like alpha and queen like zombies and like their background and stuff. It, it, that just felt a little out of place. Plus, I mentioned it's. A two and a half hour long movie this movie ends too long as well and by the end i was like well i mean if you're trying to end it that way just at least wrap it up quickly i just don't need like another five minutes trying to figure out who actually survived by the end anyway guys those are my thoughts on army of the dead it is currently playing on netflix and it is playing in theaters as well now let's move on to the dry the Dry is a film from filmmaker Robert Connolly, and it is based off of the 2016 novel of the same name by author Jane Harper. It stars Eric Bana as an Australian federal police officer named Aaron Falk, who finds out his childhood friend Luke has allegedly killed his wife and child before taking his own life. He returns to his hometown after a decade of drought and over an absence of 20 years to attend his funeral. At the persuasion of Luke's parents, Falk reluctantly agrees to stay and not only to investigate the case, but also open up another decades-long case in the death of a 17-year-old girl he once knew. He begins to suspect these two crimes, separated by decades, are connected. As he struggles to prove not only Luke's innocence but also his own, Falk finds himself pitted against the prejudice towards him and pent-up rage of a terrifying community. The film also stars Genevieve O'Reilly, who's best known for playing Mon Mothma in both Star Wars Episode 3, Re Revenge of the Sith, and as well as Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. It also stars Kira O'Donnell and John Polson. I will say this, though. It is a nice, slow-burn thriller. Like, you get the mystery involved as well. It's very well-balanced and structured. It could have Eric Bana's best performance. I mean, if... A lot of you who don't know Eric Bana, he was the original Hulk in the 2003 film. He was in movies like Troy, Black Hawk Down, Lone Survivor. He played uh, the villain Nero in the J.J. Abrams reboot of Star Trek. And to my opinion, of all the films that I've seen him in, he carries this film 
with like such gravitas, in my opinion. This is Eric Bana's best performance, as I just mentioned earlier. It has a stunning cinematography by Stefan Ducio, who also did uh, the cinematography for the recent Invisible Man. Um, it's gripping. It doesn't feel mawkish at all. It, it's unpredictable. Like There were a couple scenes where I thought it was going one way, but it went into another. And that's basically, uh, it's still a really, really good movie. But some of the biggest issues, there are flashbacks in the film. They don't uh, work. There's also a spoiler in the film that doesn't 100% work, which I won't get into. There are some minor characters who are mostly thankless roles, but some of them are just off-putting, in my opinion. And the ending overall was kind of a bit of a letdown. Like, I was watching it, and... Uh, and then, like, we're probably going to get to somewhere. And it was like, oh, it just ends like that? Well, I wanted to see, like, what was going to happen next or some or something. But anyway, uh, this this one, it The Dry, is currently out in theaters and on video on demand as well. This was uh, co-produced by Bruna Papandrea, who was originally uh, Reese Witherspoon's producing partner. Uh, produced movies like Gone Girl and uh, the Reese Witherspoon movie Wild. Uh, she left that production company and then formed her own production company and has since made movies like Jennifer Kent's The Nightingale and this one in particular. Overall, I find The Dry to be a really taut and uh, amazing thriller. Oh, and I will say about uh, Kira O'Donnell plays this like rookie cop who helps uh, Banna try to investigate. He... He's pretty good as well. It's it's a good movie, I will say that. Just not a great one. Anyway, those are my that's my review of the dry. And now let's get to Riders of Justice. Riders of Justice is a new film, a Danish film from writer director Anders Thomas Jensen. It stars Moss Mikkelsen as Marcus, a soldier deployed in Afghanistan, but heads back to his home country of Denmark to his daughter Matilda when his wife dies in a tragic train accident. Or so it seems to believe when recently unemployed IT worker named Otto, played by Nikolaj Lee Koss, who was also a fellow passenger on the train, believes it to be a carefully orchestrated assassination plot by the motorbike gang known as Riders of Justice. Along with the help from him and his two colleagues, probability expert Leonard and overweight hacker Emmentaler, Marcus wants to avenge the loss of his wife to commit bloodshed on the Riders. The film also stars Andrea Hike Gutteberg as Matilda, Marcus's daughter, Lars Bergman as Leonard, and Nicholas Bro as Emmentaler. I will say this right off the bat, Riders of Justice is probably the best movie of the week. It has this weird blend of, of a couple genres that you wouldn't necessarily find. It's both an action thriller, but also this like family comedy drama. Like when you like meet uh, all these guys and when they come into Marcus's life, they become this like little oddball family almost. It's brutal, sad, funny, and bittersweet, but also clever. And the cast is wonderful as well. Like I mentioned, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, he, you would think in like a normal movie, he would be like uh, this like gruff dude with like a heart of gold, but no, he's like very, very gruff and, has no heart whatsoever he um there are all these characters that are fully fleshed out they have these like strong personalities and they're they have these like uh uh like different uh unique differences between them 
as I mentioned, Mouse Mickelson, he has like a buzz cut head and a scrawling beard. You have Otto, who has one of his arms that isn't fully functional. Um, there's Emmentaler, who you might think he's just the one who just like lays around on the computer looking for facial recognition. But he also has these like certain set of skills none of them knew he didn't know he had or something like that. You might look at these characters and think they're losers, but no, they actually have a sense. Oh, and I failed to mention uh, Leonard. There's th- there's a scene in the film where uh, Maz Mikkelsen is trying to chase him out in this field, but it becomes like a sad moment when you realize what he's been through. In fact, originally I la- I kind of initially laughed at that scene, but then I look back on it and now I felt bad for laughing at it. I mean, it it's a really interesting film to say the to say the least. I mean, again, I called it the best movie of the week. And like Army of the Dead, it's also a father-daughter movie because the father and the daughter, the daughter is like making like all these notes of like uh, taking them like these certain incidents because it starts off with uh, her bike getting stolen. And then she's trying to figure out like all these events leading up to it. And then she also witnesses uh, the train crash. So she just like writes a bunch of notes about random certain things in fact there's a scene early on in the film where both Otto and leonard are explaining uh, to this uh, group of people about uh there's this like uh algorithm that they say all the events are products of a series of preceding events like it's just like a random coincidence in general and uh, and then when you look at it that way it 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 just feels like an odd like but it but it totally it feels like an odd scene but it totally makes sense and uh as i mentioned it's a father-daughter movie um because both matt mickelson is trying to make sure his daughter he he becomes like a, a very protective father which is one of the few little uh, setbacks that i have it's just um mickelson feels a little too overprotective in a few scenes there are intent there there are scenes in the film that are intentional, but there's a couple scenes in general that I found unnecessary. However, even though this is a very funny film and it's it's also like violent in general, it's it's probably like a movie that I'm going to have like a, a, it's it's basically a movie that I had a lot of fun watching with. Um Recently, there has been another Danish film that came out and just won the Oscar for international film and also stars Moss Mikkelsen called Another Round, where it's a, a bunch of high school teachers that just like do an experiment on day drinking. And that was a really good movie. I watched it the night of the Oscars. And because with this and Riders of Justice, I feel like we're going to like look at this wave of modern Danish cinema, kind of like the wave we're currently having with Korean cinema in general in French and also um oh, what was I gonna say I, I, I'll think about it another time anyway Riders of Justice is playing both in theaters and on demand and while I was watching it on demand um the first minute I was I was listening to the film and I thought wait a minute is this an English dub and so I ended up uh switching the captions uh putting on subtitles and getting it into its original Danish track. So I recommend you watch the film in its original Danish version with the subtitles and not the English dub, because if English dub goes, they're not very good. 
Anyway, guys, those are my thoughts on Riders of Justice. And now let's finish up with New Order. New Order is a Mexican film from writer-director Michel Franco. The film is set in a modern-day dystopian version of Mexico City where there have been a series of riots breaking out. The first part of the film takes place in a wealthy part of the city where the daughter of a high-society family is getting married. A former worker on their property intrudes and begs at first the mother and the son of the family for money to get his wife to a private hospital for open-heart surgery. But then the daughter, along with a fellow worker, decide to help out with this matter. But then shortly afterwards, a coup of underprivileged individuals raid the home in a very grueling manner. It isn't long until chaos ensues throughout, which includes a collapsation of society and a recapitalization of the government. It stars Nayan Gonzalez Narvin as the bride Marianne, Diego Baneda as the son, Monica del Carmen, Fernando Cuatale, Dario Yazbek, and Eligio Melendez as the former worker Rolando. Now I will say this. A lot of people are comparing this movie to Parasite, but whereas Parasite is a dark thriller comedy about social class, this movie is more of an economic horror movie about not only social class, but also a social injustice. And I will say this movie does have a style throughout. It uses the colors of green and red throughout, like the protesters like spray paint uh, graffiti with green. There's a, a scene early on in the film where the mother of the high society goes to the bathroom and she turns on the faucet, but spewing out green paint initially. And then like comes back and then like the water turns back to normal. Uh, there's also uh, a point where one of the wedding guests is, is like thrown like a, a green paint on like her neck and on her wedding dress or, or not really wedding dress. There's also a point early on in the film where one of the wedding guests has green paint on her dress and just immediately like the first 30 minutes, it, it just feels very suspenseful. Like you're trying to figure out like, oh, is this really going to happen? Are we going to see something going down hard? It's nicely directed by Franco. It does have some solid acting performances. I mentioned Nayan Gonzalez-Narvain as the bride Marianne. But I also like Monica Del Carmen, who plays one of the workers inside the house. She and uh, Fernando Cuatale, who plays her son, they play these workers who are like in this high society, but they're struggling in like the inner part of the city, like they're on the downpour as well. And this is a very cautionary tale about social injustice. And like I mentioned, the first 30 minutes are incredible. Once uh, you get to uh, the raid, you're just like in suspense throughout. But then it pulls the rug and then it goes downhill from there. There's like this part of the movie where we're introduced to this military group, but then you find out they're not actually military because they are kidnapping and torturing people for ransom. And at that point of the movie, I found it to be nihilistic and I, I just felt infuriated by this moment. And I don't get what Franco was going for story-wise. I mean, he he thinks the Mexican government, I don't know too much about the Mexican government or what's been happening in Mexico. This is from an American perspective point of view. I just found like a decapitalization of the Mexican government to be, um, I don't know, it just did not work for me. All the characters that I suddenly care for, they, they're just like thrown out the window like, why do I even care anymore now? And then by the end, 
I just felt angry and just couldn't stand this movie. In fact, the more I think about it, the more I hate it. Again, it has a good style and it has some good acting, but the story overall in general, you get to point A and then point B comes along and then all of a sudden you're in a completely different movie and I just can't unravel myself to be in this movie for longer. It's not a very long movie. Again, I said the first 30 minutes are incredible. It's a 90 minute movie, but the first third of the film, I was just like in suspense. And then the last two thirds, I was just hugely disappointed by the end. Anyway, those are my thoughts on New Order. It is currently playing in theaters. So let's wrap this up and call it good. Since this is the first episode of Film Etc., here's how I rate my movies. I give them on a score of 0 to 10. So anything between like an 8.1 to a 10, I would consider a very high recommendation. Somewhere between like a 7 to an 8, I would say still a recommendation, but just nowhere as near as good as the 8 to 10 level. If I give somewhere between a 6 to a 6.9, I thought it was like, it's all right for it, for what it is. Somewhere between 5 to a 5.9, I'd just be like, eh, it's middle ground. Anything below a 5, I just would not bother. Anyway, on the review scale of 0 to 10, I would give New Order a 4.5. Like, I would not sit down and watch this movie again. Again, it has style to it. The first 30 minutes are suspenseful, but then after that, it just pulls the rug and just goes downhill from there. And it also has some nice acting, but I, I would just not watch this movie again. But it was a disappointment. Riders of Justice, this was the best movie of the week. I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. Again, if you want to watch it, it's available for rent, but I suggest you watch it in the original Danish version and not the English stuff. And it was also a complete surprise to me based upon uh, the mix of different genres. And I really had a wonderful time plus Mads Mikkelsen is probably one of the best actors working today anyway the dry it's a nice slow burn thriller but again some of the characters don't work here and there I failed to mention uh Genevieve O'Reilly's character she's just shoehorned in as like the potential love interest to just like rekindle that relationship that Eric Bana has been going through it is nicely directed by Robert Connolly but overall I would give it like a seven and a half out of ten it's still a good recommendation, just not a very high one. And then last but certainly not least, Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's zombie heist film. To me, it it's stupid, but it's fun. I don't care a lot about the characters, but it has some nice zombie kills and nice gory violence overall. It may be Zack Snyder's best film from what I've seen out of all his films so far, but for me, I'm going to give it a... 6.3 out of 10 it's way too long and it doesn't need to be too long and that's it for the new releases this week so anyway guys thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of film etc i've been meaning to get this off my back for a while now you can find me on social media at real mike web on twitter instagram and letterboxd Make sure you subscribe to this show so that you can be notified on when new episodes are coming out. Leave us a good rating. Tell your friends all about it. I'll be back next week with reviews of the long-delayed A Quiet Place Part 2. I've been wanting to see this for over a year, but due to the pandemic, it just came up short. 
as well as the new Disney film, Cruella. Anyway, guys, I hope you stay safe. Make sure you wash your hands, even though the pandemic is coming to a close. And until next time, I'll see you at the cinema.